You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Hey. Baby, I just checked out the new Hyundai Elantra. How was it? I have to say, it was a pretty smooth operator. Are you sure you're talking about a car? <laughs> it's a tech lover's dream. The digital key feature lets you lock and unlock the doors. And get this, with dynamic voice recognition, I can control the temperature, roll down the windows, and change radio stations just by talking. <laughs> I know you like that. <laughs> you too can talk to the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Faith Life are the makers of Logos Bible Software and a cloud-based integrated ministry platform which includes ministry tools for worship presentations, online donations, and much more. They have 2 million registered users and are trusted by more than 10,000 churches. Faith Life is hiring full-stack developers and the majority of positions can be worked remotely. They have an average tenure of five years. They have over 200 Glassdoor reviews, averaging 4.7 stars. And it comes with benefits such as a competitive salary and unlimited vacation time. Apply to Faith Life today and write code that matters. Go to faithlife.com forward slash careers. That's faithlife.com forward slash careers. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me today is a very special guest. She is a double threat on the mic. She's a rapper. She's a singer. She's signed to Atlantic Records. Please welcome Bree Steves. Hey, Bree. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm feeling real good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm excited to talk to you today. Um I just want to share a quick story. I actually saw you two years ago at the Roots picnic. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I felt your performance. I was I had just walked up, and there was, like, a crowd of people around your stage, and I was feeling your vibe. So to be able to talk to you today, two years later, that's pretty cool. Wow, that is crazy. I can't believe you was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did, since we're talking about it, how did you feel about that uh, that day? You know, was that... One of your first like big performances. That was one of my first. Um, that was actually my first performance at the Roots. Um, so I had been going, you know, as somebody that's been in the audience for years. So to be actually on the stage, that was like really coming full circle for me. So I was so excited. I was so nervous. Um, I was trying not to show it. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> I lo- I and loved your flow and your work. <laughs> Yeah, it worked. I had no idea that was your, you know, your first time performing there. I just was loving the vibe. I think you had, uh, you were about to drop or you had just dropped Jealousy. Um, so up until that point, I would just hear you were, you were rapping. But when you started to sing, I was like, oh, she can sing too. Okay. 
yes, that was like such a fun day for me. Awesome. It was a great day for me too. So I'm glad, you know, in a way we shared it together, maybe, <laughs> but it, it, it came back around. Um, so tell me, how did Brie become Brie? Um, I, I, I saw that you were in the Delaware Symphony. You played the viola. Is that right? Yes. Okay. See, I played the violin also in Delaware, not the symphony. <laughs> so we have, we have some things in common. Um, and then also you were learning your way around the studio while you were going to Temple. So like all this stuff coming together. Tell me about that journey. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Queens Lane. Um, I moved to Delaware for middle and high school and I came back um, for college and been living in Philly ever since. So Basically, me, I always had like a musical background. Like if I wasn't in the studio hanging out with my friends, um, figuring out my rap voice, I was always writing in my phone. Like when I was on campus at Temple, I'll be going to class, you know, with my headphones on, just writing songs in my phone. Um, around this time, man, I had spent a bunch of money, maybe like 3000 I had saved up for my car. Um, I spent it all on my music equipment. So I had, you know, my laptop, my speakers, mm-hmm. um, had somebody put a crack version of logic on my computer. <laughs> and I just started, you know, recording myself day in, day out. And this is at the time I was going to intern down in South Philly, um, at a studio, like everything became music. That was gradually how my life became, even though I was in school, um, taking six classes at the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, gradually I'm trying to figure my life out, figure out what I'm going to do. And the only thing that's like been a constant is me being involved with music. So I'm taking any kind of shows I can get in the city. Um, man, until I'm going down the subway singing, <laughs> um, <laughs> anything music related, I was just in the mix of it. And then, you know, maybe fast forward a year later to my senior years when I got with my production company, Star Island. Um, I have been on a big showcase that they do um, every year. And mm-hmm. from that point on, once I signed with my production company, I think maybe like started taking my first meetings um, off of songs that I had recorded in my bedroom. Um, and then we ended up uh, at Atlantic Records meeting with the meeting with Craig Cowman and I ended up signing the next day. So it was kind of a crazy story. Yeah, well, it sounds like, it's something that's always been a passion of yours and you were living and breathing it. So if anyone's going to be successful, it's going to be someone like you that really put in the time and the effort and that was their everyday thing. So that, that is awesome. Um, I saw last year that you were, you made billboards uh, artists to watch. How did you feel when you saw that? Look, so for somebody (laughs) like me, um, I used to have carry around a billboard magazine. I had a subscription. So I carried that thing around like it was valuable. Okay. So <laughs> see them put me in billboard, giving me a little love. I couldn't believe it. I was trying to, you know, keep my cool, but it's not the first time billboard has given me like some love. Mm-hmm. Um, each time is special. Yeah, absolutely. That was, I was like, okay, girl, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah, I'll see that. Um, so let's talk about your personal style. I love it. It's kind of, it's girly, but it's, you know, like tough. It's like not one lane. Tell me how you developed your personal style. Honestly, hmm. (laughs) I just like to be 
comfy. I don't be putting that much <laughs> That makes sense. Like, I just like to feel good. Um, I like to be fly. And I fuck with sneaks heavy. Um, okay. So it don't really matter. Like, I throw something on, I put it together. As long as I look good and comfy, um, I've always kind of had, like, a tomboyish flair. But I mm-hmm. still like to be a little girly. You know, I like to show a little skin sometimes. We saw okay. it. We saw it in sober. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've been checking for me. I see. I see. Yes. Got yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legs and all. You was, you was doing it. I said, oh, good. Okay, she doing that. All right. <laughs> you know. You know. All right. Well, we like it. So um, as far as like what's influenced you, what artists or what do you draw your inspiration from? Hmm. I'm going to have to say Drake, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super inspired by how he straddles the rap side and his singing side so well, perfectly a blend. Um, right. And that's definitely something that I'm trying to do with my music. Um, I'm definitely inspired by Pharrell, have always been inspired by Pharrell. Um, ever since, you know, NERD days and dropping in my mind, like I, I grew up listening to In My Mind. Um, of course, I'm inspired by my main man, Kendrick Lamar, so much his musicality, his artistry. Um, he's like bar none, like... In the top five. Oh, of Those course. The top, yes. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. The Hyundai Elantra is a tech-savvy, smooth operator designed just for you. The Hyundai Elantra is a compact sedan with available class-exclusive features like a digital key that unlocks your car with your phone and a 10.25-inch infotainment touchscreen along with dynamic voice recognition that will let you control the radio and adjust the temperature with your voice. For the young at heart who like to drive smart, introducing the Elantra with the most flavor yet. Seamless tech experience that puts your phone at the center of everything you do. Locking, unlocking, and starting your car designed for better living without breaking the bank learn more at hyundai.com all right well let's see here so have you found yourself as your as you started out your career have you found yourself being compared to anybody I mean, everybody does the comparisons. Mm -hmm. I don't really pay it any mind. I really just focus on, like, how can I focus on being the best artist that I can be? How can I focus on selling my story? And how can I focus on getting my artistry together? So when people see me, when they hear me, they'll think, man, I ain't never come across a chick like this before. Like, her tone is crazy. Her style is crazy. Like, yo, she can rap and she can sing. Man, like, this this chick is 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 a serious threat. Crazy. That's all I strive for. Okay. Yeah, that's how you separate yourself from the pack. And as I said, I heard you rapping, and then you started singing, and I was like, oh, because there's not many rappers, singers out there that do it well both ways, especially women. So right. you already are ahead of the pack there just have, in that there regard. Have been, you know, there have been. Shout out to Missy. Eh, oh, well, yeah, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And I do see like a little bit of Missy in you now that you're bringing it up. So that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Um, So when you first started out, when you first started rapping, when you first started like testing out your singing voice, what were some of the first reactions you got? Like, who did you kind of like audition for? Like, it was a family. Like, who was that first person? To see, to, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that for me? Sure. So, when you first started out, you know, like I, I understand you kind of like was experimenting with singing. When you first started to write, who was that person who you would bounce? That those ideas off of or perform for, and what was their reaction to you? Oh man, um, early on, I hated performing, like, I would not perform for my mom. <laughs> um, honestly, the first time I performed, uh, let's see, I think it was around a time like Voltage Lounge, okay. Um, it's like on 7th Street. Like, I remember being so nervous, so wound up. And it was, you know, a bunch of fresh faces in the crowd. Some people that I went to school with that was coming, you know, showing me love. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so, like, tense. Because, you know, I'm I'm not used to having people listen to my private thoughts. All my songs is like diary entries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always get really raw and really descriptive in everything that I say. Um, so I'm sitting here bearing my soul in front of people on stage and I got a little spotlight on me. Oh man, I was ready to <laughs> But it was it was really a fulfilling experience. Um because it kinda it kinda gave me the encouragement I needed, especially when you start to see people bobbing their heads like, oh man, like I fuck with her. Like she mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like she sounds really dope. So that kind of gave me like the energy I needed to go back home and Yo, let me just keep going at this. I got something here. I got something that could touch people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, speaking of, you know, your, your music or diaries, um, there was a line that you said that, that Henny kind of sets the mood for you in the studio. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your creative process when you're trying to, you know, lay down a track or come up with, like, what's your process? So I, first, I started to dig through beats of my favorite producers, um, and I got crazy packs. And I literally just look for a pack or a song um, that has a vibe I want to be on. When you just hear the beat, you know. So mm-hmm. once I hear some, you you know when it's the right kind of vibe. I'll just start spitting out, like, melodies or, like, flows. Um and if I find the right one, that's when I'm like, you know what, load this up and let me get in the booth. And I just start freestyling stuff. And I kind of just build off the song, um, whether it's adding lyrics to it later, whether the lyrics just come out naturally when I'm in there. I just kind of let it flow. Okay. Okay. Anything, I mean, outside the honey, anything in particular you do to get yourself ready? Tea? I don't know. Snacks? <laughs> Funny, like I, I like a lot of snacks to be in my room. I love Welch's to be in my room. Aww. <laughs> I like I'm going to sound woozy. I like the Fiji waters. Um, if I'm being a little gluttonous, you know, I gotta have a, a, the Doritos in my room. Okay. But other than that, give me some honey with some, you know, a little ice in a cup, maybe a little splash of Red Bull in there. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> all right i was i was hoping you go so you got some tasty cakes in there <laughs> I don't know. 
Look, you trying, I'm not trying to get off the bed. You know, I ain't trying to be healthy. I got you. I got you. Okay, well, Welch's and some Doritos and a little mm-hmm. bit of honey. That sounds like a good vibe. I'm with it. <laughs> now, has that process changed at all or been altered by COVID? Hmm. Yes and no. Okay. Yes, it's changed because I'm not in a bunch of studios. Like, uh, you know, we're not doing a bunch of traveling like okay. I used to be. So I'm doing a lot more work um, in my bedroom, like, you know, in my other studio room from when I first started. You know what I mean? So I'm doing a lot of work that's okay kind of getting into my own vibe without the studio. Um, but on the other side, you know, when I do get the chance to go in a studio, it's the same process every time. So whether, you know, it's still the same because I'm like, you know, doing a little drinking, a little stuff, whatever, when I'm by myself or if I'm in a big studio. But COVID has definitely changed things. Like, I'm just not moving around as much as I used to. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. just a lot more in-house. Okay. And do you feel like in any way it's um, not stifled you, but do you feel like now that you can't really move around as much, you're not as free, do you think it's affected you at all and how you approach it or write or anything like that? Actually, no. I think it's actually made me a better artist because it forces you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, like instead of me traveling a bunch of places, um, Obviously, that's not happening because of COVID. Like, I just had my own little camp. I had, like, people that I fuck with, producers, writers, come down in Philly um, and fuck with me for, like, a couple weeks. So, and that's kind of made my process even better because now we in a camp, we huddled together, and now the music is even better than it was before. All right. Yeah, I see that. And as far as creating your visuals, mm-hmm. um, I love how you rep Philly. Like I, you see the, the, the poppy stores, uh, you know, they on their dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. How is it important to you to showcase Philly to, y- to your fans and to your audience? I just wanted to keep it authentic, honestly. Um, it's all about fun. It's all about showcasing my personality. I'm the type of chick that ain't scared to get on the back of a dirt bike. So, like, we're going to show that in the video. You probably can't see it. My eyelashes were flashing all over the place. (laughs) You know? So, it was really important. Even from when I did my first video, um, Jealousy, we were, like, parked right in front of Max's. I just want to make sure we get the story right. And I want to make sure people feel me and the energy where I'm coming from. Yeah, you are definitely authentically you. We know where you're from. You know, we know what you're about. That's not, that's not something that you have to figure out with you, which is nice to to have some authenticity and some realness from from an artist. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this was an election year. It was it was a rough year. Plus COVID, yeah. plus the election. <laughs> do you, has that influenced your music or do you feel like you have any sort of responsibility or anything along those lines to make your views known? Or how do you feel about that? I feel like anybody that has a platform definitely has the responsibility uh, to make sure the public kind of is swayed by you know, your political views. I feel like it's, mm-hmm. for me, I, what I don't want to do is force my political views on anybody else. Right. So 
Like, if you go on my Twitter and you follow me, you up to date with me, like, you'll know which way I sway. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, I, everybody know. Like, when I ain't, like, I'm black, I don't really fuck with the orange man. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what I don't do is I don't force it down people's throats. But I definitely do believe, because I have a platform, people follow me, I got little girls looking up to me. So I definitely, when I can, in my own type of way, let people know where I stand. Okay. All right. I feel that. Um, what song currently, or what have you worked on that currently reflects your state of mind? Hmm. My state of mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working on a bunch of stuff, you know, it's hard. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't hear it. Um, we can talk about all of it. We can talk about, you don't have to limit yourself to one. It, whatever's, whatever's on your mind. Whatever has been on my mind. Let's see. Honestly, I'm in the process right now working on my uh, next album. So I definitely have this one song um, where I'm talking about me kind of being emotional. I feel like COVID has definitely gave me like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put that all into one track. Another one I'm really excited about that I spent a lot of time working on, my boy Trinidad James. um, It's a song called Auntie Queen. Okay. And it's basically about all of my frustrations just along the way as an artist, um, everything on my, my journey personally as a woman, stuff I've, you know, just a lot of bullshit that I've been through. I finally got to express that and put it all in one track, um, just addressing a lot of issues for me. And it's really important that once the time come around, when I get to release it. Like it, it's like a release for me, like getting to put all that energy out. So I definitely have been putting all my frustrations and, you know, my angst, <laughs> my mm-hmm. anger, my sadness, whatever. I've been putting it all into my next album. I've been putting all that uh, into Anti-Queen. So I'm just really excited to get that out. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so you did drop some new things recently. Um mm-hmm. Dick Up was uh, about a few weeks ago. I was feeling that. That's when we talked about being on the dirt bikes. Um and I really love Sober. Like, that was, I keep saying that's a vibe, but it really was a vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so tell me about, you know, what kind of in- inspire you to write Sober. Um, I-, I even saw, I know you had mentioned Drake as being one of your inspirations. I did see a few um, people were reminded of the furthest thing, but like almost mm-hmm. from a woman's perspective. So, oh <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about that. Let's talk about that. Uh, so it's so funny that you say that. Like, I was in Toronto when I was making Sober. Um, and all that I was listening to in Toronto, I was into Nothing Was the Same by Drake. Mm-hmm. I was in a super Drakey mood. Um, <laughs> like I said, Drake is one of my biggest inspirations. And I had just met the producer Diesel for the first time. And literally in the first 20 minutes, that was the first track he played. And sober, we did it in like 15, 20 minutes. It was oh, just wow. the, the vibe. And at the time, you know, I just was thinking about like, okay, what do I want to talk about? And I'm like, you know what? I always got this toxic ass relationship with my ex. Of course, we had like, <laughs> we had the Henny and the, the, you know, all the shit going on in the studio. And I, mm-hmm. as we, you know, drinking and catching a vibe, I'm like, man, this is, this is exactly, this reminds me of something. Let me make a song about this. Um, and it literally was like, I hate being sober. Like, don't need no more closure. In love, then mm-hmm. it's over. 
every nigga falling like October, and that was like, like it's just October like, Drake. I get it. I get. It. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the perfect. I just, I just had, I just heard that vibe when I heard the track. For me, when I hear the beat, it kind of tells me, yo, this is the song I need to make. And when I heard it, I was like, I had this melody. Very nursery rhyme-ish. And that's how that song came about. It was just like a crazy vibe. I love it. And I feel like we've all been, like you said, we all got that X that we go back to. Against our better judgment, but we do it anyway, and it's good in the moment. But then you're like, "Dang, why I do that?" (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, let's talk about the video. The video, like I said, you were showing some skin, you were showing some leg. (laughs) So, what was your? How did you come up with that story concept? Like, what was what was your oomph behind that? Um. So I was working with uh, Janoff and Mecca. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of supplied a, a bigger vision with the sober treatment of the video. Um, everything that we wanted to do was just like basing it around. Let's just give them raw. Let's give them honesty. Let's have like a semi kind of hangover story. Mm-hmm. And let's just let me get drunk and let me just show people what I am in this space. And everything in the video turned out to be like, where we, I'm recounting my steps. I got really drunk the next day. I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened. Who the hell did I call? Oh, man, I'm at this bar. And trust me, that story has happened to me in real life a few <laughs> times over, girl. So sober, everything about that was just going back to my core fan base and just like showing them this is my story. Yeah, absolutely. We felt that. When I get drunk and I be on that toxic bullshit. (laughs) We all have some toxicity in us and it's nice to see someone else admit to it and be like, it's it's not wrong with it, you know, at that moment. Like, I think that's what my music is all about. Like, especially when you hear this album that's about to drop. Um, I've been working so hard on it. It's all about me just owning my shit. Like, you don't hear a lot of girls being accountable for, like, the dumb shit that they be doing. And I be doing a lot of dumb shit. So, <laughs> it's time somebody just just say it. Just so say it. Just, yeah, I'm going to say it. All right. Yeah, I mean, own the fuck, girl. We all have that in us. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's not always the guys. So, I, I appreciate that. You do it. I do it. It's okay. It's okay, girl. It's okay. Um, I want to go back to stick up because that mm-hmm. was another. That was a little bit harder, gritty. I feel like sober was definitely needed and and girly, and it just you know, it makes you feel feminine. Like I miss my ex, but this one was a little bit like, eh, I just got yeah, stick up. Um, stick up was I made that while I was out in L.A. Um, really dope time for me. Um, I was in L.A. for maybe like three weeks. Um, this is crazy. Actually, this was around the time that Kobe had passed away, Kobe and Gigi. Mm. And I remember just being in the studio during this time. Everybody's sad. You know, the energy is just different. And I remember like, yo, man, I want to do something with energy. I want to like, we gotta, we gotta raise the spirits a little bit. Um, I was in with Super Mario and Nabian that day. And Nabian ended up, you know, we're, we're closing down a session. Everybody about to leave. And he's like, you know, just playing beats. He ends up playing a stick-up beat. And it's like, ah, man. He turns it off. Like, ah, this is some some dumb shit. I don't even like this one. I'm like, <laughs> vibe. I'm like, everybody in the room turns to him like, bro, what? Like, this shit is hard. Put that back on. 
plays the beat. Um, me and my boy Miles is like, yo, this is crazy. End up uh, going and doing stick up like literally within like five, 10 minutes. So it, it, it just, it's another vibe. That's kind of how I like to work. Like you hear the beat, you kind of feel the energy and you just go, the song just comes out naturally. So uh, obviously was about, yo man, no regrets. Fuck an ex. He got it. Right. Like, I was just going through shit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel it. And then you brought on um Pounds, Poundside Pop. He yeah. also from Philly. So mm-hmm. what was, what was your decision to bring him on to that track? Honestly, because I know I've been working on my music for such a long time, and this is the first piece that I'm giving people in a while to reintroduce themselves to Brie. And mm-hmm. it's like, yo, if I'm going to put anybody else on this song, I'm definitely not going to reach out to nobody else outside of the city. It's going to be somebody that I know from the city first. You know what I mean? It's really important to me to always reach back. And he just got the energy. Uh, We'd be cool for a while. And, you know, he just brought a certain flavor to the track that I really wanted and I really appreciated. it. So that was bro showing love. All right. I liked it. And even like, you know, y'all's energy in the video and, you know, passing the duffel bag on the on the dirt bike or the four wheeler. I felt it. It was it was very Philly. And being I just feel like Philly doesn't always get the most love is always like New York, ATL, L.A. So to see you just like this is my city. This is where I'm from. I'm putting it out there you see it and so you know someone like me that's like right around the corner I'm like I know that street I know that you know that 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 restaurant or that that corner store so it's I I love it so now keep doing that because we we notice those of us that are from around this way we notice and we love it hey girl you know (laughs) um so you did say you're working on your album do we have like a do we know when we gonna get it do we got a name for it is it is it anti queen or I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but what you got for us? When can we expect it? So definitely, working title is still coming, um, okay. but the album is definitely wrapped up. Um, you probably are going to get it like at the top of January, because um, I got something else coming out at the side of the year, and I'm gonna give you guys everything so you can live with it and sit with it. But okay. it's coming. I got people in my DMs harassing me like, "Where's the album?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah we like, waiting for this even when you when you drop the visuals for stick up i you know i'm going through the comments and they're like where you been girl we so happy to have you back i know i know, I know. <laughs> like i swear people have been like really on the entire time but I, i'm i'm really glad to finally put the music out like it's been a long time coming i got people in my dm so happy oh my god i love stick up and then you did sober that really touched me oh my god i can't believe it but where's the album sis and i'm <laughs> you know what y'all are so greedy but i'm gonna give it to y'all i promise this time all right well we are looking forward to it i can't wait so i'm gonna look out for january i won't i won't be in your dms harassing you i'll just patiently wait I probably will be I'm just being nice I'll be like Bree, it's January what's happening yeah you know you told me we have we have it on uh audio we got <laughs> I, I don't want to mess up your process whenever is your time and you're ready for it that's what I'm gonna be waiting for it so I can't wait um <laughs> do you want to share with us your socials so we can follow you all of the listeners can yeah. follow you Follow you, girl. Um, everything is Bree Steves, B-R-I-S-T-E-V-E-S, 
on Instagram, Twitter, The Real Bree Steves, on Facebook. You know, find me on Spotify, YouTube, everything. All the same name. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We're at Black Girl Nerds. Thank you for joining us today, Bree. I really love talking to you, and I cannot wait for that album. <laughs> it's coming, but in the meantime, go stream sober and stick up. It's everywhere. Yes, yes, please do. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you guys no next problem. week. Bye. Thank you for having me. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify. 